Welcome to the Appalachian Baptist Network. We seek to equip, encourage, and engage pastors and church leaders in the Appalachian region. We focus on having conversations on church revitalization in the mountains and beyond. Your hosts are Matthew Jacobs, Brent Snyder, Jacob Gwynn, and Travis Tyler. You are listening to part two of an interview with Quintel and Jason. They serve as the North Carolina Baptist Convention first and second vice presidents. To hear this interview in its entirety, we encourage you to go back and listen to last week's episode before you listen to this one. And now, let's go ahead and enjoy part two of this wonderful interview with these two faithful brothers. Yeah, absolutely. That was great advice on on both ends. You know, I was uh, if if you're a if you're listening to this and you're a new pastor in a revitalization situation or a church plant situation or just young in the ministry, um, I think you'll maybe see sort of a link between the questioning here um, because really we were talking about failures and then most of the advice is really about being in a place uh, that you guys give is being in a place to be able um, to handle pushback, to handle failure. You know, one of the things that Jason said uh, um and, and failure, and it was actually my experience at Minneapolis too, and our revitalization effort is the back door being just as open as the front door. Right. And, um, you know, that's, that's been one of the hardest times in, in my ministry. And I could basically just say exactly what you said for our store at Minneapolis, and I think that's the case for most people. And so, um, great, great advice there. We've already mentioned resources a little bit, and so we can, kind of just rapid fire on this one if you guys want to. Um, but if you guys don't care, just to share maybe three resources that you just find um, invaluable to the ministry. Of course, Scripture is number one. But after that, um, just three resources that you guys, whether it's church planning specific or church revitalization specific, preaching, whatever the case may be, three resources that you guys would recommend. Um, well, there's, uh, I'd mentioned a book, uh, Disciple, I think it's called Disciple Shift. Uh, Putnam is the author of that. Um, that really helps you, you know, helps you really think through uh, your processes or help me think through uh, those processes and, and really shaped, um, really shaped that the way ministry looks. You know, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, leadership podcast out there, you know, and they're all good. And, and I, it's a lot like eating fish though, man, you know, take the meat, skip the bones. Um, because there's, um, uh, your context has to be what you do in your context has to be specific to your context. And so you can take principles and, uh, and then, and there's such a leadership, uh, let's just say deluge of, of resources out there. Uh, that if you're not watching yourself and, and just putting everything before the Lord, you end up taking the next uh, leadership guru, lead pastor somewhere and saying, oh, okay, well, I need to do this. I need to have this crafted vision statement. I need to have this, whatever. And all of those things, I'm not saying those things are unimportant, but I am saying that if you don't know, and you haven't just from the word of God. And I think the disciple shift is a book that helps you look at that. What, how does it, how's the disciple made? I mean, that's really what that's all about. How's the disciple made? If you haven't studied that. Um, then 
what you're doing as a church in order to make disciples can be, it can go all kinds of ways. You know, you can, you can get, you can get sideways pretty quick. And so that's, that's, that's one book I would uh, certainly recommend. Um, uh, to, um, secondly would be, uh, I hope that our, your listeners are part of, of, of an association somewhere, you know, because, and I, and I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but that's a resource um, that I would point to because relationships are so important. Um, Quintel said a few minutes ago, pastoring can be a lonely place mm-hmm. and to have other pastors that are there to, you know, support you, encourage you, uh, pray together. Sometimes just laugh together. Sometimes you just need a break, man. You just need somebody that's going through the same things that you are. So I wouldn't look past your local association um, for a network of pastors that can really resource um, each other. Because sometimes it's uh, you're all ministering generally in the same place. And so you're like, man, have you tried this before? Man, what's going on with you? You know, what's, what's happened? And so, you know, there's a, there's an idea sharing there. And, um, you know, I don't want to be a, this isn't a, a convention man kind of answer, <laughs> but, but I am going to say it. Our state convention as a resource um, has been great for, for me. Uh, and I know Quintel's got a, a whole other testimony coming from the, from the planting side of things that man, it will just astound you. But from uh, family ministry, uh, from evangelism ministry, uh, reaching out to these guys, idea sharing, and, and even from the administration part. I mean, just the other day I was on the uh, telephone with uh, Davis Blount, you know, just talking through uh, because we've increased in staff and some of the things that need to be put in place and uh, knowing that there are uh, resources that are available through the state convention to, um, to help pastors of every church size. Yeah. I, I would even uh, just add a couple of things that popped in my head. First resource, you know, I mentioned that book by Derek prime and Alistair Begg, uh, on the being a pastor, uh, man, it's, it's this little small book, two, two resources that, that, I, I, I mean, I want to, if, if, if you, if you pastoring, preaching, uh, uh, I, I mean, it's this book, Dying to Preach, man, by a guy named Steve Smith. I mean, he, he man, it, it was a good read there. It was a blessing. Uh, planting missional churches, Ed Stetzer, that was awesome. Uh, I, I learned, I, I learned how to read, uh, in college. Uh, I, I, the only book I read in high school was Green Eggs and Ham, and it wasn't in high school. So, so I, I kind of start reading it, man, and just kind of, there's anything I can get my hands on kind of has been, been helpful, but, uh, I mean, a couple of those those books, I, I, and and I, I do want to say this one one other resource just from a book standpoint. Uh, uh, you guys know it. It's uh, Eric Geiger wrote that book, uh, Design the Lead. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a good read because it sh- it talks about the importance the church is the locus that shapes everything, mm-hmm. and we've been talking about leadership development, making disciples, and you know anything Robbie Gatterley puts out, I think is a beast. I mean that guy's he's serious about discipleship, yep. and so. Those are just some things that come to the top of my head, but just on a, on a, um, you know, of course we, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm about the SBC. So, you, you know, you got to speak that language and not just, you have to, I, I want to, I mean, like my brother said, the local, local associations partnering with pastors, uh, we wouldn't be a church plant if we didn't, if small churches revitalizing churches didn't help us. We just did an upfit on the space that we're, we've just got into and, just to keep the story short there, I mean, it, it's been a collaboration, man. It's been a, a thing that you can do together. 
and one last thing, man, just go hunting and fishing. That's a resource, man. Yes. Just just get get your mind off stuff sometimes, <laughs> you know. And 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 I'm just trying to be as practical as I can be. I, I mean, sometimes we can get so, you know, theologically and die. I want I want to be that way, and I want to preach, and I want to do all these things. But sometimes, man, I just got to go hook one in the mouth. I mean, you know, there you go. I, I just need to go, you know, kill a deer or, 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 or go shoot a basketball or something, man. That that's a resource that people don't realize that's valuable, revitalizing to a pastor. Yes. So, but anyway, I just, those are things that came to my mind, brother. I don't know if Quintel or Jason, either one knew this. I don't think we mentioned it before we started recording or if Michael told you, but I appreciate the plug for the association because I'm actually moderator of our local association. So um, that worked out. That worked out perfectly. I appreciate the plug and I hope all of our listeners were listening to that. Well, it's true. It was true. No, uh, there was no uh, no cheesecake in exchange for for that plug, you know. All right, brothers. I I got a question here about who has been influential on you. If you can name, try not to go over three. If you could narrow it down to about three three folks, the Lord has used to to be very influential in your life, living or deceased, doesn't matter. Uh, just share that with us. I just jump off real quick. Steve Garland, uh, he's with the Lord, uh, brother from Hartsville, South Carolina, Birmingham, Alabama, grew up in the church. He was a pastor. Uh, he invested in my life as a, as a kid, teenager. And without him, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. That's one. Number two, my youth pastor, Jamie Weathers, he's in Florida. Uh, without him, I wouldn't be doing it. And at a distance, uh, John Piper has been significant for me. Uh, just some of his resources and, you know, I just, uh, I mean, he's been helpful. Um, so that's probably been some of the ones that's been influential to me. Um, yeah, I would say uh, my pastor, uh, David Gallimore, he's out of Easley in, in South Carolina, uh, down there at Rock Springs. And, and he was uh, certainly an influence uh, on me. Um, and really it was under his ministry where I not only surrendered to the ministry, but surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'm thankful for that. Um, Danny Aiken is another one uh, who has been influential and really um, is when we were following the Lord and to, you know, to seminary and to, you know, praying through that um, was very influential um, just in a personal way, him and, and his wife, Charlotte, with my wife and I. And so that was, uh, he's, he's certainly been an, an influencer uh, in, in that way as well. And, uh, you know, if I was trying to, to meet another, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of pastors, blogs, website. I, I agree with Quintel, you know, um, Desiring God, you know, John Piper's stuff, uh, Tim, some of Tim Keller's things, uh, Ligonier Ministries, you know, a lot of those guys that you're reading through. But, you know, if you go even further back, um, I don't know, a, a biography that's uh, worth a read is uh, Andrew Fuller, if you get back to that. I mean, if you want to go real far back, um, and that that's worth a read and to see, you know. And then, and I, and I don't just because this last third one seems to be really broad. It's just people to read. We'd be reading some missionary biographies. If you've never read any missionary biographies, you ought to, because they're. Um, uh, Give somebody they, they, one to start with. If they've never read one, who would you tell them to read first? Oh, oh, oh let me, let me, let me cut Jump, in. Bro. Let me, let me, let me Go. cut in because you read this one too. Yeah. 
uh, and you agree with me, um, Spurgeon's uh, honor. Uh, what's his name? Honor Dallimore, I think is his yep. name. He wrote yep. that Arnold book uh, on Spurgeon. Yep. Oh man, that's a beast. You got to get it. I mean, like that's the one to get. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's the one. If if you're thinking about pastoral ministry, preaching, get it from the prince, the prince of preachers. That's right. And uh, let me say this last thing. My mama. Okay. Mm, My mama. I was waiting for somebody to say it. No, that's good. And if you're looking for something broad on on uh, my first missionary reads, and I admit this maybe, but where it was, uh, it was the five. I think it's been reprinted. It was for originally the five who changed the world. Um, and actually, Danny Aiken, I think, wrote that. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's been reprinted as the ten. But it gives you basically ten snapshots of. Uh, very influential, critical uh, missionaries in the uh, kingdom movement of God. And it's worth a read. It's a short read. We give that to our seniors in high school, in fact. So I like that. I might steal that for our church. All right. Uh, let's, let's move on here to, um, I can't remember Brent asked the last question or if I did, I've lost track. So I'm just going <laughs> to ask it real quick. Is that okay, Brent? Yeah. Uh, so there are a lot of myths about ministry. You know, it's kind of like, I guess, you know, ministry is sort of like how I would imagine the military has had to deal with recruitment, right? Years ago, the U.S. military didn't have to deal with recruitment because they had a draft. And then when the draft went out, they had to all of a sudden start, you know, producing images of people on a ship, seeing beautiful countries and, you know, join the Navy, see the world. They don't show nobody down in the foxhole, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) taking fire from the enemy. Uh, what are what is a myth that you would like to debunk either about pastoral ministry in church planting or revitalization, or is there is there a is there a myth about the state convention you'd like to debunk? Well, I, I'll say a myth about <laughs> a myth about revitalization um, would be that it's impossible because you hear that right. Don't even bother trying to revitalize a place. Um, and some people come to that because there, and there are some churches that frankly, the, uh, there needs to be much prayer, um, by the, there are other brothers and sisters of, from other churches around where they are for, to, for God to replace a heart of stone with a heart of flesh. Cause it takes a humility to, to revitalize, but re- revitalization is not impossible. I would say that because sometimes it's just, you know, we just abandon the idea altogether. Um, uh, and I would say kind of a myth about the state. Um, when you, I, I would tell you, I'll just be honest with you. The first time I ever went to a state convention uh, in North Carolina, and it was the first time coming to a state convention as a pastor. I looked up on the, on the stage during that state convention and there were, you know, leaders out there and, um, and I, it was really because of the lighting. They were kind of backlit with the, you know, with board and it just looked like a lot of shadowy figures. And I said, I, I've never want to do anything like that. That's, that's not at all what God's called me to do. Um, God's called me to be a pastor and he has, he's called me to be a pastor first, but I'm going to tell you one of the things that I've learned being more engaged. And, and so what that does, that same attitude prevails in pastors lives and they, uh, they disengage, they unplug, they don't come to the table in the SBC. They don't come to the table in the state convention and they just, they just disengage. Um, and that's not the answer that the myth is uh, that you just disengage and just quit, just walk away. 
that's, that's a myth. Come to the table. There's a place to serve. If you're a young person, young pastor, there's a place to serve. If you're a pastor with age and wisdom, there's a place to serve. And, uh, and the state convention of North Carolina is doing some amazing things. We have seen amazing things and there's a lot ahead. The best days are ahead. You know, we had a, a meeting today with Milton and, and one of the things that struck me in his prayer, um, and he prayed and really, he prayed, uh, Lord, I'm thankful for all the things that I've been able to see as an executive director treasurer. But God, my prayer is the best days for this state are not the years that I was here, but the years that are to come. And I think that's true. And I'll piggyback off, off what he was saying. Um, but let me talk about church plan first. Um, the myth of, Hey man, I, I can't plan a church. I, I'm, I'll be broke. Uh, you know, I, I can't plan a church because I just want to say, you know, that's a that's a myth. <laughs> you know, God is going to provide where he calls. He's going to provide for you and your family. And uh, even even like with revitalizing churches, I mean, a lot of, you know, not a lot of those situations, you know, they can be just as broke as a church planner. So, I mean, <laughs> probably even broker from a from a leadership standpoint. But just trust the Lord and he'll he'll provide what you need. Uh Number two would be the myth uh, with the Baptist State Convention, you know, want to debunk, whatever. Uh, for me, uh, just, I don't know if you know anything about my voice and the way I talk, but I'm a, I'm a chocolate brother. I'm, a, I'm an African-American. And so uh, I, it's we two things. We can't tell because we can't see any of you. Okay, that's <laughs> why. You, well, you should be able to see me. It's a little light outside, but but no, I'm just joking. Uh, but but no, but I, I'm, I was just want to, I want to talk a little bit about this just, you know, the, the, the whole myth, number one, that, oh, he's he's just serving that role because he's, you know, they need somebody, they need to be diverse, right? Uh-huh. They, they just they just need that diversity. Uh, so he's just a token. Uh, you know, he's uh-huh. he's a guy that's just uh, there. Uh, you know, and number two is, is, is this, is, and I think it's probably more important, would be uh, with, with the whole politics thing at the SBC, the state convention, uh, you know, I, I really, you know, I really believe that, you know, the issue of race and racism and all of these, this talk and CRT and man, I, I, I just, I, I know we, we, we're not going to open up a can of worms. I, I just want to, my desire is to, is to see that, that there has been a, uh, there has been some progress. Okay. And so I wouldn't be talking to you guys. I wouldn't have the help that I have, you know, pushing a rewind button, association, local churches. Uh, I just want to tell you, man, a lot of those churches, they, they weren't chocolate churches. The majority of those churches were was predominantly white churches that have come alongside a chocolate brother that's willing to come. So one of the things I want to see that, that show is that there has been progress. We got things, ways to go, but 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 we've moved forward, and we're gonna continue. The the best is yet to come. That's the piggyback. The best is yet to come, and and the best is a a multi ethnic kingdom, right? We're headed that way. John said in Revelation. So, but anyway, I'm not gonna preach a song, but now I'm starting to get into my, you know, hey, yeah, that thing. <laughs> I'm getting ready. <laughs> That's good, Glendale. I mean, and, and it's true. Maybe, and maybe we should, you know, maybe we should just just say that. Um, I, I can at least just being around these brothers in telephone calls, being together. Um, 
you know, it, it, there seems to be a, a, uh, a, a, there's a worry, I guess, along um, churches about woke and whatnot. And I can tell you, at least around these guys and around um, the leaders of our state convention, you know, and our last board of directors, the, the, the convention staff and all of that, um, what I have at least seen, witnessed uh, of their life and their words and their actions is that these guys, Quintel, Michael, myself, um, we all believe that the gospel is the answer. Amen, brother. And, um, and, and in that, God is drawing from every tribe, tongue, people, and yes. nation, uh, beginning where we are planted right here in our state and then extending to all the nations. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think those are two excellent points, and both those points really about, you know, there is a seat at the table. Something that I started trying to do, it's probably been about four years ago, is I have the goal every year of bringing somebody with me to the state convention that's never been before. Um, and I, I just, I love, that's my favorite thing about the state convention now is whoever I bring with me is just their reaction and sort of seeing all these myths or these, um, these, these, um, these ideas that they had about the state convention, those things just sort of fall away and then realizing that it's not what they thought it was. It's, it's, it's better. And so, um, I, I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate, um, your transparency there, Quintel and, um, you know, it's it's your willingness to serve that's going to help us continue as North Carolina Baptists to look more like the kingdom uh, is going to look in eternity, which just like you said is diverse. So um, I appreciate that from both of you guys. Um, we're just just uh, just one more question before we do kind of a little lightning round, twinkling the eye round, have a little bit of fun. Is there anything that we didn't ask you guys today that you wish that we would have asked you? Yeah, uh, I was I was hoping to get 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 like permission to hunt on some hunting land or something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> listen, you got to go to the Midwest if you want some big boys. I can hook you up. You you call me after this. Hey, there we go. Places in Indiana, some good okay. good hunting grounds. Okay, I, now y'all heard him say that Grace Grace Baptist Church. Y'all heard him say that. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> No, I'm fine, man. I, I don't know if nothing that I, I was thinking that you guys would ask. No, I, not not for me. No, I no. This has been this has been a great uh, a great podcast. Great questions. You know, uh, I think that um, I would encourage um, our you you know all the folks there in in Avery County and all those folks that are listening um, to be to if you ever have questions or you want to know how you can get involved. I mean, obviously, go to your association begin there um but uh you can get a hold of any of us uh, michael and quintel and myself um or just get directly involved uh with the um with the state and uh, and reach out because uh you know we did we need play people to serve man. people need to serve and um the way you're saying uh brant that one of the things that i've seen happen is you know we, we are seeing uh, um we are seeing a transition. There's a lot of pastors who are retiring and there's a lot of younger pastors who are moving up in the leadership roles. And we're seeing that in the state convention. I've seen it over the last uh, eight years. Um, the convention 
uh, representation getting a lot younger, you know, and so um, we need folks from all parts of wisdom, age, gender, ethnicity, um, but young folks don't, don't pull out, man. Don't, don't, don't pull out. Don't leave as a, um, let's come together. Let's do it. All right. To end all interviews, we do something called twinkling of the eye round. So this is real quick. You don't need to think about this too long. You just need to answer quickly what comes into your mind and then move on. Okay. So here we go. First question, favorite NCAA basketball team. Uh, I got to go with the, my Tigers. I, I'm, that's my alumni, man. Uh, I wanted to be like Jordan, so North Carolina, Tar Heels. Favorite uh, basketball player of all time? Hmm. LeBron James, the King, KJV, King James version. Oh, no. Michael Jordan's <laughs> way better. <laughs> I thought we were cooperating. I thought we were together. No, I'm just <laughs> Until you can't be a Tar Heel and say LeBron James, man. I know, man. I know, man. But I know the king. The king it don't work like that. I know, man. I know. I know. But the king is better. <laughs> well, Steph Curry gives us all hope for those that don't jump that high. So, yeah. I like Steph. All right. If you could preach from any pulpit in the world, any time period, whenever it would be, anywhere, where would it be and why? Oh, I won't go to uh, to uh, to. Uh, yeah, I'd be scared to death, but I still won't go to the Metro- Metropolitan Tabernacle. I, Spurgeon would tear me up afterwards, but I just want to see uh, what it, you know. I, w- I want to see uh, what he saw and just preach to people that are on fire for the Lord. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm right there with him, echoing that because of the acoustics in that building. I heard about them acoustics, so mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't mind communicating there. Uh, the chocolate version of Spurgeon, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> With the whip in the end. <laughs> they, probably, they probably need it. They probably need it. Hey, you know, they say Appalachian accents are as close to the Queen's English, so I, I, they might think if it was a radio broadcast, they wouldn't know who was there. Hey, I want to I ask, uh, Michael, you didn't tell them what pulpit you chose, did you? Don't tell them if you didn't. I want to hear from you two what pulpit you think Michael chose when we did the interview with him. His own pulpit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's going to be a homer. He's going to say my own, my own pulpit. It's the greatest in the world. The just to clarify, the president of our state convention chose Joel Osteen's pulpit. <laughs> Because the gospel's yeah, never the gospel been preached there. Preach <laughs> hey, I told him, I don't know if y'all, that's right. I told him uh, last night when we did the interview, at Salt Lake City where the Mormons are, they have a pulpit that adjusts to your height. Like it's electronic, it goes up and down. So that'd be another one. Hey, bro, that'd be good. I'm, I'm close to six, uh, six, seven, man. I need a higher pulpit, so I'm not preaching from my knees. That's, that would work. <laughs> Maybe you ought to change your answer to Salt Lake then. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, what Now, this right, listen, we all know that what is truly valuable in life is Christ and then his, his people, right? So people in Christ are most valuable. But when it comes to worldly possessions, so these are things that will one day burn up in the fire, right? And when Christ comes back, what is your favorite worldly possession that you have? Look, look, you know what? I, I, nah, Quintel's going to say something, and it's going to be real profound. 
Um, and, and I don't know what it is yet, but him and I are looking at each other cause he's a church planner and I'm a church revitalizer that started in a small church. And we learned very early on that we can't value any uh, physical property because <laughs> we might not have it. <laughs> you know, you know I, I, what came to my mind is, is two things. I'm sorry for two, but number one, I mean, it's just like a possession. Um, and I shoot this carbon defined, uh, this Hoyt, uh, this bow. Uh, my compound bow, man, I like that thing, and I, and I got this thing, this this uh this Garmin Live Scope, that's uh that that's that that I really love, man. I love them two things. <laughs> <laughs> I love them, brother. Oh, <laughs> it's good. Lord. Oh, it's good. gonna burn up in the fire. Oh Lord, now he's struggling. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take a lot out of me to get rid of them two, man. <laughs> oh my. Now, don't look at me. I really don't. I'm telling you, brothers. I, uh, I'll go with a camper. How about that? We'll go with a camper. It's there, and uh, we ain't used it enough yet. So it's uh, it's cherished right now. <laughs> we'll get some stains on it, some dents. Something will happen, and it won't be as cherished anymore. It'll be like an old pair of tennis shoes, but right now it's new. So the boys aren't sentimental at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought somebody would say something from their grandma or their grandpa or something. You know? But anyway. No, I love my family and but uh, in sentimental stuff. But Michael, let we'll let Michael tear up on the sentimental stuff. I'm sure he had something good. I'm already sure that it was my grandfather's belt buckle. Oh you guys, wow! You guys yeah. are like depressing on this. <laughs> <laughs> we went, but truth, we went all worldly on it. We were, we're like hunting and camping. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Last one is uh, how can we best be praying for you, brothers? Yeah, I, I would say right off the, the top, man, just just be praying for for my uh, my family. Uh, I, I just actually just got some news from my wife. Uh, she told me that she had uh, got a report back from the doctor. Uh, she got some kind of I don't know if it's some kind of liver disease, but it's some something that that's going to affect. I mean, it's 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 not some appeal just going to take away. This may affect the rest of her life, and so I just found that out like an hour ago. So. Hmm. Be praying for my wife, Christy, is her name. So, yeah. Yeah. Clintel, we're going to be praying for Christy, brother. Um, And I'd say, uh, you know, to continue to pray for my my family. You know, two middle schoolers um, and uh, grateful that they've surrendered their life to Christ and and a first grader. Um, And uh, we just, you know, we're praying for her salvation. And, uh, you know, when when God's timing is, is there, that she'll surrender her life. Um, and then for our leadership, you know, for leadership in our churches, leadership in our home first, uh, leadership in our churches. And then, um, for the year ahead, cause it's, it's a big year for the, for the state convention. Yes. And so, yes. um, just be praying for those things. Excellent. We appreciate you guys taking the time today. Brent, got any closing comments? No, I was just going to say, guys, I really appreciate it. Appreciate all three of you taking, I mean, I know you're, you're busy, um, families, pastoring in your role um, with the state convention but we appreciate the time that you guys have have allowed us to uh to take from you today hopefully it's been worthwhile for you all i know it has been for us but um thank you just for your willingness to serve our state convention as well absolutely thank you guys for having us man it's an honor absolutely brothers it's been a good time You have been listening to the Appalachian Baptist Network. Thanks for joining us. If you have a question or comment for our host, please send an email to Appalachian 
baptistnetwork at gmail.com or send us a voice message on our Anchor website page at anchor.fm slash Appalachian dash Baptist dash network. Join us again next Monday.